Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is a person who is kind of a bad guy, but like eventually was a good guy. Mike! I've been called worse. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about swordsmen. Do you know anything about <laughs> swordsmen? The name is vaguely familiar to me. Isn't he just a swordsman? Isn't that kind of, like, that's his powers? He's really good with a sword. Um, yeah. I mean, he's also, like, a like a real timey Avenger and everything. And this is what he looks this like. Is a, oh, boy, there's the boots. And pirate boots. I just, wow, this is a look. Yep. So describe, please. It's like he... Cut the sleeves off a uh, kimono, but like left some shoulder, just elbow length gloves. He's got a bandolier for some reason. He's carrying a sword, um, gold belt. He's got unexplicable purple armbands around his biceps. It's to make his it's to make his arms look bigger. I see. Yeah, yeah. You break you break it up. You break up the. You, you break up the arm, so, you know, it's just like, well, look at these, like, bulgy parts, and they're just like, they don't look at anything else, you know. Just looking around that, yeah. Do I need to leave you alone with the picture of Swordsman for a little <laughs> yeah, while, yeah, Jesse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, so, <clears throat> yeah, also Pirate Boots, I know I also said that, but he, uh, yeah, he's, he's a thing. He's definitely a thing. So. Um, That's Ben Grimm. Well, you know, in some universes, he might have been th the thing. Yep. Yep. I mean, I don't know why, really. I mean, they don't really, they haven't really interacted, really, at all. But, you know, maybe. Maybe it's a thing. Awesome. Maybe, maybe he's a thing. Maybe everyone's a thing in one universe. Oh, my God. And the <laughs> That's thing. like the, whatever, alternate Earth where everyone just has beards. The... The, there's a universe where everyone's a thing, and then, and then four of them went into a. Uh, <laughs> went into oh god! <laughs> oh god! And they come out. One of them's still a thing, but it's now it can light on fire at will. One of them can turn invisible, and one can stretch. And that and Ben Grimm, it's just, the thing, just turned into a fleshy human being. I we're gonna write this now. Marvel, <laughs> get at us. I know you're listening. So yeah, so at this time, his true name was unrevealed, but later it was Jacques du Quassin. Because mm -hmm. he's French. I mean, look at that mustache. I mean, he has to be French. Or John oh, Waters. Wait. Well, show me the show me the picture again because I didn't see a mustache. Okay, yeah, that is honestly the the quality of this call and the way that's drawn. I mistook that for like shadow. On his face, I did, could not tell that was a mustache. Yeah, but he's either French or John Waters, one of those. I mean, why not both? John John Waters is a unapologetically American. Is he though? Yeah. No, he's but he's is he secretly the French Avenger? Sure. Um, so he's a circus performer, professional criminal, mercenary, and adventurer. He's known to legal authorities throughout the world. Um, he's a citizen. What about illegal authorities? He's a professional criminal, so he has to be known by someone. 
So he is a criminal of, if so, sorry, he is a uh, citizen of the United States with a worldwide criminal record, given a special pardon in the U.S. for his services to the Avengers, which is similar to the ones that uh, Hawkeye got because he used to be a bad guy. Um, his birthplace was unrevealed. His place of death was King's headquarters in an unknown location. He's, uh, his marital status is un- unrevealed, presumed single. He used to be, so he used to be in the Avengers, formula ally of the Mandarin, the Black Widow, Power Man 1, the Black, no, not the Black Skull, the Red Skull, uh, Batroc, Egghead, and the, and a former member of the, uh, of the Grim Reaper's original Lethal Legion. Um, and he first appeared in Avengers issue number 19. And there's not a lot going on with this cover, I'm going to say. But it's, uh, it's, it came out in August, uh, 1965. And, uh, going with the, uh, debut, uh, cover, uh, I mean, title for a lot of the, uh, characters, The Coming of the Swordsman. It has on there, um, Marvel proudly <laughs> announces. I'm sorry, I'm such a I'm such a child. Every time it says the coming of the swords, but I'm just like, well, that you're good. Um, but yeah, it says it the uh, the newest, most daring, different swatsbuckler of the House of Ideas. God, I love Wanda Maximoff's. It's like a neck brace, but for the entire head. No, it's almost somehow. like it's almost like the uh, it's almost like the uh, the cat, like the the you know the the cat pictures with where they put the cat face through the bread you know how people in movies will fall into paintings and their head will go through it's like that but if she fell into a kite yes and and you have just a very generic you just have a very generic like cover where you have you know the swordsman with just wanda pietro clint and steve or captain america Everybody but Hawkeye's expressions are very, like, like, calm, like, what's this now? And the look on Hawkeye's face is he's looking at us like, you're seeing it. I can't swear, can I? You're seeing this crap. Like, you're seeing this crap too, right? (laughs) Well, well, (laughs) as as you'll figure out very soon, Hawkeye has a personal connection with the swordsman. Oh, I'm 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 familiar with Hawkeye starting out as a villain. I just, the look on his face is like, I'm not the only one seeing this, right? See, I'm reading Captain America's expression more like, what's going on? Yeah. He's like, God, who dressed you? Well, there might be a reason why Hawkeye dresses like he does. Um, but yeah. Yeah, he but he he died in Giant Size Avengers issue number two. Um so finally <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll last thing on this issue before we move on. On the website you gave us, I don't know if you're trying not to name drop Comic Vine, but um, on the website you gave me, the description is just the swordsman makes his debut as he breaks oh. into Avengers Mansion. What does he want? <laughs> that's, what, that's it. That's what I forgot to mention. I was just like, I was going to mention something about this. No, the what does he want thing, I'd be like, I don't know. Like, It's not an exclamation point or question mark. It's, it's like, not an interrobang. It's just like, what does he want? Like This reads as like a prompt on like... Uh, if you're like in a foreign language class and you have to write the answer in like Spanish, it's like he broke into Avengers Mansion. What does he want? Like I don't know. Maybe he wants to break into the Avengers Mansion. 
yeah, I don't know. I just it's, it cracks me up that there is just no urgency or excitement. It's just like, what does he want? Like all they have to do is just like add an interrobang to it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like just put just put an exclamation point, and all of a sudden, all the excitement in the world. Um, originally, the swordsman was a star performer at various circuses and carnivals, where he did an act demonstrating his ex- extraordinary mastery of knives, swords, and other bladed weapons. At one carnival. He met a boy named Clint Barton, uh, who he saw as a great talent in archery. (laughs) The way you delivered that was also heard. One day, the circus, he met a boy. (laughs) (coughs) Well, I'm doing my reading a a story to a child. Uh, that Uh, voice. But yeah, but he met Clint Barton. Cool. Yeah. I'll go back to being quiet if you're just going to get me. (laughs) No, I just wanted to point out that there's a reason why. Clinton Barton is the way he is. And it's because he met this dude at a young age. Um, and the, he and Clint just was real good at archery and just idolized the swordsman. And so uh, the swordsman was just like, hey, I'll train you. Um, it's basically to be a secondary act in his uh, a secondary performer in his act. Um, he also uh, trained another Barton, Trickshot, who is Clinton Barton's brother. Is this Misha Barton? No, no. no. That's the actress. <laughs> no. That was his brother. I forget what it is. It's not Clint, though. It- I, I assumed it wasn't Clint. <laughs> There's a thing in Sherlock Holmes where in the final problem, the intended, you know, final, like the death of Sherlock Holmes... They never say Professor Moriarty's first name, like can, like canonically and in the world at large. Now we know that it's James, but they reference a brother of Moriarty's who's trying to like salvage his reputation, who is named James Moriarty. And in talking to a friend of ours, Maya Franklin, about it on a podcast, apparently that someone introduced a third Moriarty brother also named James. So vaguely canonically, there are three Moriarty brothers. All of them are named James Moriarty. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love it. It's amazing. So I laugh at your two Clint Bartons, but Yeah. Um so eventually the swordsman came under pressure to repay a large gambling debt. Wow. The, apparently the the theme of this week so far is just gambling debt. Tweet at Alphabet Flight about your gambling debts. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, one day the carnival, uh, paymaster was robbed and Barton found the swordsman in possession of the money. Barton fled in panic, uh, into the high wire, which the swordsman, uh, then slashed by hurling a sword. You know how else you could do that? Maybe shoot a bow and arrow swordsman. Uh, well, but also the fact that the swordsman trained Hawkeye in bow and arrow, like, it's the wildest It'd be like if Red- NBA star Reggie Miller taught somebody how to be a quarterback for the NFL. Well, okay. I, here's here's what I here's what I suspect it is. I think it's gonna it's I think it's similar to how like people with different powers tra- like train people with powers. It's not so much the it's it's not so much they're training the finer points. They're more training the fundamentals <laughs> and like how you're supposed to go through with the training. That's true. And then the people kind of find out their own ways to improve. And to a point, and up to the point where it becomes the tangent that it always turns into, Charles Xavier, 
trained a lot of mutants who didn't have similar powers. And I'm leaving it there because I don't want to get you off on an X-Men tangent. Like, always happens. So, I'm talking about them just enough to get a point across, and then we can move on. Well, you know, you could have brought up almost any other Avenger. I mean, mean, X-Men, but whatever. Um, But, I mean, that's the idea with the X-Men. They have whoever's in charge or is helping train the next generation almost, like, rarely has the same power as... The same four of their students. Yeah, it's it's more of a it's more of a like a I know in general how this is supposed to work, so I'm going to train you the discipline to get better. Yeah, okay, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I think it is because that's that tends to be how it is, and I sure. think a lot of coaching stuff. Um, so Barton fell to the ground, and the swordsman left him for dead. But Barton was still alive and grew up to become the costume adventurer Hawkeye. Well, you know, skip over the whole part where he uh, was Ronin and was an Avengers bad guy for a while, I guess. Um, I mean, wasn't he an Avengers bad guy as Hawkeye? He, I think so, yeah. It was, it was supposed to be a big deal. It was supposed to be a big deal that, that the Avengers took him in. Uh, mm-hmm. But this was at the time when Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver was in, on the team. and be like, yo, we were like straight up terrorists and you let us in. <laughs> uh, so... <clears throat> yeah, over the years following his attempted murder of Barton, the swordsman and his in his criminal identity led a notorious career in Europe, which he uh, was deported from a dozen nations. <laughs> so they caught him. Yeah, and no one locked him up. They just pushed him out somewhere else. Well, no, no. It, it's it's the it's the it's the Marvel way of dealing with a problem. Why don't we put this problem over there? I mean, it's Planet Hulk is the epitome of that strategy. <laughs> yes, you know, hey, we got we don't know where to put the Hulk, so we'll just blast him into space. Let it be another. Why don't we put problem. them over there and hope that it doesn't somehow come back to us in a worse form? <laughs> Y'all can catch my new Maxi event crossover where it's a Planet Hulk AU where they actually punch through into the DC universe and he becomes Doomsday. Uh, so you can hit find that on the shelves yeah. this summer. That's right. Hulk beats Superman. <laughs> yep. I'm finally going to get to the bottom of the classic who would win fight. No prep time. Here we go. Let's do it. Returning to the United States, he offered his services to the Avengers, intending to use his Avenger status to commit even greater crimes. That being said i am currently reading the uh, thunderbolts run starting from the 90s on mm-hmm. that's the same exact thing they're gonna do except the avengers were gone and they took their place basically mm-hmm. like the bad guys took the place with different identities oh, right. and well, I mean, that's what they're gonna do except he did it as swordsman they did that in siege right or dark avengers norman osborne did a similar thing well i mean there wasn't one-to-one in every scenario well, no, but there like, were a few places well no he literally took his thunderbolts team which he was in charge of and turned them into the avengers oh I see. yeah okay. no like like a dark rain was basically just the thunderbolts but with the avengers instead of like you know completely new people gotcha yeah okay and very good. People should read it. I like that. That's a pretty good run. I think it's the last year of the really good run of comics they had. Um, and then they skipped a really long time, and now we're back in another several years of good comics. However, the Avengers turned him down. Sub- subsequently, he entrapped and s- unsuccessfully tried to kill Captain America, the then leader of the Avengers. 
Um, Captain America and the Avengers surrounded the swordsman, and the swordsman teleported away, was teleported away by the Mandarin, uh, to the latter's castle in China. Uh, the Mandarin intended to use the swordsman as a double agent inside the Avengers in order to destroy the Mandarin's arch enemy, the original Iron Man, from rich, from from within the uh, organization. Um, at this point in time, Rhodey was Iron mm-hmm. Man. Uh, in in the end, uh, the Mandarin used his technology to convince the Avengers that Iron Man had sent them a message recommending the swordsman for membership uh mm. the mandarin then teleported the uh swordsman back to new york city where the avengers suspect uh, su- suspecting a trap decided to play along for now uh, accepting him as a, men- a member the swordsman came to admire the avengers and and also the beauty of the scarlet witch of course i mean how else are you going to become a good person if you're not love horny. Love of good woman. You have to be horny in order to become a good person. The love of a good mo- woman can change a man, Jesse. Yep, sure. That's exactly it. It wasn't because he was just, just real horny. <laughs> uh, one night, the Mandarin ordered the swordsman to set off a bomb, which the swordsman have, had hidden in one of the Avengers' control panels. The Mandarin wanted the bomb to kill the Avengers, so the absence Iron Man would arrive to investigate and fall into a trap which the Mandarin would uh, would see, uh, set. The swordsman, however, did not want the Scarlet Witch harmed during uh, this, and believed that killing the Avengers with uh, did not believe in killing the Avengers without a fair fight. Therefore, he went to connect the disconnect the bomb. But Captain America and Hawkeye saw him and thought he was planting the bomb instead. Um, a fight ensued between the swordsman and the Avengers. Ending with the swordsman's escape, but not without regrets on his part for uh, that his career with the Avengers had come to an end. Um, swordsman got over these regrets, however, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, returned to crime. <laughs> what an what an expert glossing over of what was probably either. Many issues, like, of comics, or a creative team change, <laughs> in which they're just like, no, he's fine now. Um, it happens. Uh, this no, is, that's a pretty I mean. good, that just... was a pretty good one. Um, my favorite one is when someone is just like, for some reason, this person has a completely different power for this one adventure only, and then return mm-hmm. back to what they were before. <laughs> I just love that expert, like, glossing over, like I said, either that, ch- one of those changes, because it's just like, He quickly got over the, his regrets. Yeah. Um, the Black Widow, who was brainwashed by the communist Chinese intelligence into doing its will, uh, will, enlisted swordsmen in an unsuccessful assault on the Avengers. She teamed, uh, she, she teamed up with, uh, with his frequent partner in crime, the original Power Man, now known as Goliath, on this, uh, on this venture. Uh, the Swordsman and the Power Man team later was recruited by the Red Skull to uh, attack Captain America. The Swordsman uh, and the Power Man uh, then went to work for the Mandarin, then for Batroc, 
And then later the swordsman performed an assignments for Egghead. Um, still later, Swordsman and Power Man attack the Avengers as members of the Grim Reaper's Lethal Legion. Um, or, uh, if you go by the uh, typo, Letha Legion. Letha being a uh, one of the grapplers, the all-female uh, team of wrestlers in the Unlimited Weight Class <laughs> division. That's probably what they mean. Yeah, that's what they definitely mean. Grim Reapers. <laughs> Colon. Lethas. Legion. <laughs> Each of these lia- uh, liaisons ended in the swordsman defeat, and he turned back to crime in areas that he was unlikely to encounter Captain America or any of the Avengers. You know, like X's, you know, you... Yeah, you s- a.k.a. Underweight Women's Wrestling Leagues. Yeah. He traveled the world committing crimes... And but part of him was longing for a sense of noble purpose that he briefly and partly uh, felt that he was a member of the Avengers, indeed. And at the uh, at one point, this logging was so strong he accompanied the Avengers in their battle to free the realm of the Olympian gods from conquest by Ares and the uh, Enchantress. Afterwards, the swordsman returned to crime, but his heart was no longer in it. He was haunted by legal... Sorry, not haunted. Wow. He was haunted by legal authorities. Boo! Ghost cops. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Um, so... He was haunted by legal authorities in most countries of the world. He was unable to find employment uh, with major criminal organizations due to his long records of defeat, and he was increasingly aware uh, <laughs> and, uh, of and accompanied and pained by the fact that he had no friends. Wow. Worst of all, he had no respect for himself or his life. He... <laughs> oh, wow. This is, this is clearly that point, like we were talking about in the last episode, where they're trying to transition out of the Silver Age. And so people are trying to make this character, like, have nuance. And they're just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I guess he has no friends, because who would want to be friends with him? Like, it's trying to make sense of a 1960s character. It's just like... I guess it was just more of, like, the 70s. I don't know, but... This might have been more of the 70s, but that would have been... But it would have been... Actually... So he ended up in the employ of Monsieur Krull. By the way, it's spelled K-A-R-U-L-L. Um, the head of a criminal organization in Indochina, performing the same work for him as ordinary pirate gunmen might do. In despair and self-contempt, the swordsman turned to drink and became an alcoholic. Wow, why don't you just, like, just, just piss <laughs> on him too, book? <laughs> just, just like, Well, I do... I don't know what what era it was when he turned to drink, but this is post Tony Stark's drinking problem, probably around, I don't know if Matt Murdock's drinking problem started. This was about the point where I think people started realizing this was about the, like the, the end game, if you will, of a lot of like dad on their luck people of just like, and the series like, this sucks for them. They're probably just going to end up drinking themselves to death. Yeah. They did make a lot of people addicted to, like, heroin or alcoholics or... Yeah, like, I think it was just... 
that was the go-to of like the overshoot of how do we make these like a little edgier and then they immediately just like give everybody addictions. So, um, <laughs> it was then when he met Mantis, whom circumstances had forced into working uh, for Kroll as a bar girl. She sensed the potential for nobility in the swordsman and encouraged him to be, uh, to begin a new life. However, the swordsman did not take her advice until he was seriously wounded in a mission for Kroll. Mantis found him uh, and nursed him back to health, thereby saving his life. He and Mantis then went to New York City, where he told the Avengers what had happened to him, and told him <coughs> that of his insincere intention to reform, and asked for a second chance as a member of the Avengers. The Avengers gave him a chance, and though they were wary of him at first, soon realized that he was indeed both sincere and valuable to the team, and they granted his member uh, granted him full membership. Although Swordsman did render important services to the uh, Avengers in their subsequent missions, he was racked with self-doubt and security, especially uh, after his failures, such which he was uh, captured by Kroll on one mission, and he gave information after being tortured. Moreover, although the swordsman was deeply in love with Mantis, she disdained uh, him because of the real or imagined inadequacies she perceived in him. She's just like, you're like, I know you love me and everything, but I don't like you, like, at all, and, like, you're actually a very inadequate person for me, personally. Um, <laughs> so. I wonder where... I wonder where his self-doubt came from. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, finally, Kang the Conqueror battled the Avengers in the course of his quest to find and mate with the Celestial Madonna. By the way, this is a gross... Uh, this is going to go into a gross part, I'm just going to say, uh, because Steve Englehart, who was writing Avengers at the time, really was into Asian. Oh, cool. Cool, 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 and Mantis, cool, cool, cool. who is not the Mantis that we know and love now from the... Uh, uh, from the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, was basically just him making a, uh, making just his perfect woman. Cool, yeah, yeah, cool, it's cool, 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 nice. Tight, he was tight. so horny about Mantis, he brought her over to DC when he was writing for them. Same character. I have additional questions. Just, just know that he was very horny for Mantis. Okay. Kind of like how like Bendis was very horny for uh for Kitty Pride. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean most most adult comic creators now that are running the game are horny for Kitty Pride. Well, they he didn't rewrite they most of them don't rewrite Star-Lord to basically just be a stand-in for him and just make them make out. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um... So, yeah, Kang was thwarted uh, in his quest by both the Avengers and his own self from an alternate future, uh, Pharaoh Ramatut, but Kang uh, discovered that Mantis was the Celestial Madonna. During... Uh, determined that he would... Determined if you could not have the Celestial Madonna, no, uh, Madonna no one would. Kang aimed his ray gun at Mantis, and that instant, the swordsman rushed towards uh, 
to protect the woman he loved, who didn't like him. Um, mm-hmm. He was simping real hard. <laughs> she loves Steve Englehart. Yeah. Um, Rama Tut hurled himself at Kang, but it was too late. Kang fired the energy bolt, which, because of Rama Tut's interference, accidentally hit not the Mantis, but the Swordsman's sword. The energy traveled up the swords to the Swordsman's body, and the Swordsman died moments later in the arms of Mantis, who finally realized that she loved him deeply. I wanted her last words to just be like she just keeps nagging him, like just. Okay. No, it gets worse. We still have another paragraph left. Spill that tea, Jesse. The so, the swordsman was <clears throat> uh, buried in the guard uh, garden of the priest of Parma, where mm-hmm. Mantis grew up, and unknown to them, a large tree and the other plants in the garden was actually. Uh, Kotati, uh, Kotati, a race, a member of the race of the sentient life with great psionic powers. It was the tree. It was the tree that. Uh, it was the tree which actually the eldest and most developed Mm. Kotati Mm -hmm. on Earth. Mm -hmm. That was to mate with the celestial Mm. Madonna. Mm Hmm. This is like a sweet wine to me. Comics, <laughs> ex- when comics go this buck wild, it's like I just want to swill it in a glass. Smell like oh, so uh, so ba- in order to do that, the eldest Kotai resurrected the body of Swordsman, which which the consciousness of the Swordsman himself had departed. It projected at least a part of it into the consciousness of it. So, then the body was now animated and glowed green. <laughs> on, a, on a subsequent journey into Dochina, the Mantis encountered the eldest Kotai within the, the swordsman body, who explained that what happened to Mantis and the eldest and the eldest Kotai that was married, uh, and then they got were married by Immortus, another version of Kang. <laughs> And then they both uh, transformed into energy and left Earth. <laughs> yes. Uh. Uh. My soul has left my body. <clears throat> Later, they have a son named Sequoia. Oh, Chef's kiss, amazing. Say what you want about Steve Englehart. This is gold. This is some all time. I mean, when I first said, say what you want about Stephen Hart, and I will agree. Probably, I just mean to say this is. Oh, well, ah. well, when Steve when Steve Englehart was writing uh, Captain America, um, it turns out Nixon was part of the Secret Empire, and when Captain America went to the Oval Office and said, "Like I know what you are," <laughs> Nixon heavily implied off panel, shot himself in the head. Uh, this is when he became Nomad, right? Is that yeah? Around the time he became Nomad, um, and a little bit before he he got his dream of finally having a cape, and then on his first mission he tripped, got wrapped up in the cape, and got the shit beat out of him. Um, and then he never had a cape after that. I love the idea that I when he said when he started writing Captain America, the first thought that popped into my head was Peggy became Asian. No, she was gone. She was gone for years. 
I know, I just But but yeah, it's it's very uh I mean, yeah, you know, stuff's going on. So, um he does have wow. like a couple things going on with him. He's six four, this is- so he's a really tall boy. This was one of those entries that's like when you see online those commercials people post that's like on you cannot guess what this is a product for. Like the most recent one for Monopoly, where it's like a woman on the board of the box instead of Mr. Monopoly. And it's this whole like three minute video about girls in science, like young girls talking about science stuff that they're doing, like legitimately amazing science breakthroughs. And then at the end, it's the, they get like a care, like a fun package and, open it, and it's Monopoly, but with a woman on the box. It's like that, this whole thing, because up until now, it was a like two fisted sword fighting adventurer, or whatever. And right at the very end, it was, and then they buried him in a garden with alien trees and they reanimated his body. And he married the woman who spent her whole life making fun of him. And then they turned into energy. The end. Yeah. It just is. What a, what a third act turn. Oh, God. So, um, yeah, so he's 6'4", weighs 250, has blue eyes, black hair. And he was a normal dude. But... Um, he his sword was very interesting because it was he was equipped. He basically had the Mandarin equipped uh, alien technology adapted mm-hmm. from like the rings um, <coughs> that he wore, and by pressing one of the buttons, the Mandarin installed in the hilt, you could project an energy beam with great concussive force, a disintegration ray, a large jet of flame, electrical energy resembling lightning, or a stream of gas that would render an opponent temporarily unconscious. He just, like, he became the guy with a a really weird gun. Science gun. He's got, yeah, he's got a Batman sword. Like, no, like, like, it's- But also, the fact that they saved this for the end, again, everything up till now just mentioned him being a sword fighter. No, at no point did they reference- the lightning or the smoke or whatever, nothing. Like it's just suddenly it's like, oh, and also by the way, he had he was a centaur. Like, <sighs> yeah. So that's it. That's a swordsman. Good lord. Yep. Uh, Good lordsman. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So, what you have to plug? Uh, yeah, I do a podcast with my friend Madison Jones where we take movies that. Didn't get a sequel or prequel either because they're too good and they don't need one, or they're too bad and they don't deserve one, and we give them one. Uh, you can find us everywhere online, and on all, I'm pretty sure all podcast hosts by searching the Equalizers, and we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like in sequel. I also do a podcast that's currently on hiatus as we're recording this. It's called Studying Granada. My friend Jackson Eflin and I watched the 1980s Sherlock Holmes television series starring Jeremy Brett and Edward Hardwick, and we talk about it. Uh, we should also be pretty much everywhere podcasts are found by this point. Um, you can also find us on Twitter by searching at N-I-N underscore Granada. Oh, instead of doing my plugs uh, right <laughs> now, um, it turns out he did kind of come back. Um very briefly, and remember when we talked about how people just like, well, this is dumb, and you know, just glossing over. So, apparently, um, you know, he came back, 
and there is a thing <laughs> called the crossing where um well he well actually no never mind there's something beforehand um so during so a little bit after um after they had the their son and everything like mm-hmm. they the the kotai basically left his body cuz they saw no other use for him and but then he came uh back uh, uh, for a little bit to be part of the legion of the unliving um and he was like you know he was undead and he was like being fought and you know fought and then then there's something called the crossing where basically like he came back because of time travel shenanigans hmm. but uh but le- uh, but it was later revealed by a dissatisfied writer that most of the uh characters involved in the crossing were space phantoms in disguise naturally now space phantoms please go back to that episode if you want to hear some buckwell there's too much for me to explain for me for you to know what space phantoms are um but then in chaos war which was something later a bunch of like dead avengers were revived uh and also there was the grim reaper and necra who were mm-hmm. dead at the time. Uh, they returned to life, and he was like kind of confused about, like, why am I alive? Alive. And, like, and the swordsman didn't feel like he died, like, for a noble sacrifice or anything when he was shot by Kang. Um, and he thought, it's like, I kind of died for nothing, really. He died to save the woman he loved, who didn't love him back, except she really did if she stopped and thought about it. Yeah, and he thought about that and it was just like and it was just like well it was a mistake that Kang even shot me if Rama Tut never tackled him no one would have gotten hit <laughs> so it was just like I kind of died for nothing Whatever. Because I've done my place I'm over this episode's over no 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 no, no. there's one more justice is served more. no 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 there's one more justice is served no, th- no Outro, I, have, no, I have to say no I have to say this because you're gonna laugh at it <laughs> like I'm not joking there's a reason why I'm going through all this. Mm-hmm. So he, so basically, <clears throat> he was trying to find a reason why he should have died in the mm-hmm. first place. Um, and after the after the event, like he was still kept alive. But then later, an editor was just like, both of them just kind of died because like they didn't really feel like a reason to live, and the readers were being stupid and misreading into things. Where they thought he was still alive. Mm-hmm. So a later, so a later editor basically just was just like, I don't like these characters. I don't want to explain why they're still alive. It's really great. It's really good. So no one really liked him that much, apparently. <laughs> People did, and then they're just like, nope, this is dumb. So yep, justice served. Bye. Hey,